Welcome to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. In this weekly podcast, Kirby and Bill talk about the world of marketing, branding, and promotional products. Unscripted is available only at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry. Now, here's Kirby and Bill. And welcome to episode number 51. We are on the other side of the century mark. Episode 51 of Unscripted. I am your co-host, Bill Petrie. With me, as always, is the king of Coshocton, Ohio, the one and only Kirby Hossaman. Kirby, how the hell are you? I am fantastic, my friend. Fantastic. And I know that you will be broadcasting at an exceedingly high level today. I'm going to try and keep up. Yeah, please do, and I want you to thank. I, I want to thank you for having the courage to try to keep up yeah. with me. And I've got something pretty exciting to start off the show with, Kirby. We've got a new sponsor. You're kidding? No, I'm not kidding. You I convinced don't a second person to sponsor this thing. I've got a lot of pictures of people in very compromising okay. positions, but uh, I want to be the first one on this podcast to thank the good people at Bam Bams and Ben Taylor awesome. for being a sponsor of Unscripted. Ooh. And yeah, for those of you unfamiliar with Bam Bams, they are a fabulous supplier that offers more than 1,100 products in 20 different product categories, which is a pretty good breath. My favorite thing about Bam Bams, though, is they actually own, they have a wholly owned subsidiary in China to do uh, a lot of their importing. So, you know, there's a lot of suppliers that they have partnerships, and that's not necessarily a bad thing. But Bam Bams has a wholly owned subsidiary, so the communication flows a lot smoother. The process is a lot less, uh, has a lot less friction for the distributor and ultimately the end user. Mm. So they really are your partner for domestic and international production of apparel, apparel accessories, and custom sourcing. So if you haven't had a chance to look at Bam Bam's uh, offerings uh, recently, I really encourage you, and so does Kirby very quietly in the corner, <laughs> encourages you to go to bambams.com backslash make it happen fast. I love it. I love it. Bambams.com make it happen fast. And so go to your internet browser of your choosing and uh, go ahead and get off my space and type in bambams.com make it happen fast and, and see what bambams can do for you because they do uh, you know what I one last thing yeah, what's up, Bam Bams? I love their uh, mission statement, which is to provide a unique branding experience through extraordinary customer service and our unrelenting innovative spirit. That's a pretty cool. That's a pretty cool mission statement. So yeah. give them a try. Awesome. Well, welcome, Bam Bams. I appreciate it. Yes. That's awesome. Yes. And so I'm going to go ahead and start off our podcast. Yeah. Kirby. We just talked about how Bam Bams' goal is to provide extra- extraordinary customer service. Right. I am about to bitch about poor customer service. Um, <laughs> All right, love it. So as, as everybody knows, I'm, I'm now part of Promo Corner and I've been part of Promo Corner for about three months now. And, and uh, you know, when you when you uh, take a new job, usually you get new technology, you get a new uh, computer. Yes, I know where this and is so, going now. Yeah, so I have been um, – I'm a fan of uh, computer peripheries that are of the same brand because they're easy to connect. Right. Okay. Yep. So I've generally been a Hewlett Packard guy for quite a long time because I have a Hewlett Packard printer and it just it, things work easier. So I got a brand new Hewlett Packard laptop, and after five weeks, it kind of died on me. Oh man! Quite frankly, 
Um, I got some, and, and I know enough about computers. I grew up actually building computers with my dad. Um, I built my first computer, a 386 uh, PC knockoff. So I, I, kind of, I know enough about computers to be dangerous, and I knew it was a bad hard drive. Mm. And so I called customer service, and I got connected to you know someone overseas, which I understand people need to do to uh, keep the cost down. But it was a four-and-a-half-hour process and three different operators I spoke to, which all three gave me different, different uh, <laughs> diagnosis of the problem. And, no one would, and all I really – I wanted to just send the computer back. Fix right. it. I, I, you know, I, I understand things go wrong. I'm not mad. Things go wrong, and I back up everything on Dropbox anyway. So everything's. I, I'm not. It's inconvenient to be sure. Yeah. But it's not catastrophic. Right. And after four and a half hours on Thursday night, um, I actually went in and fixed a BIOS issue, which I had found, <laughs> and that seemed to correct things. But then the next morning, everything happened back up again. So I finally had to convince somebody to. Uh, you need to take the computer back. Uh, small, uh, long story short, I sent the computer back, and the amount of communication is just horrible. <laughs> so my, you know, they gave me a FedEx tracking number. I sent the computer back as soon as possible. It was delivered on Tuesday, and as of Wednesday, the update status I get from Hewlett Packard is, "Hey man, we're still waiting on your computer," <laughs> and I just blew a gasket. And so I'm, there's not really a point of all this. It's just <laughs> other than the fact that, you know, all of us have customer service within our own organizations. And it's incumbent, I think, to uh, upon all of us to really look at the customer service we provide from the customer's perspective. Mm. Um, I don't think anyone in Hewlett Packard intentionally makes it painful to deal with customer service. Right. Um, but it was. It was exceptionally painful. I still don't have my computer. They say it's going to take two weeks to fix, and all I know they need to do is swap out the damned hard drive and, and uh, reload the, the operating system and give me back my computer. It shouldn't take more than a day. But again, just getting uh, communication is horrible. So those of you who um, are in charge of customer service, really my suggestion would be, and I'd love your idea of how you can improve your own customer service, Kirby, but my, my thought is you really need to experience customer service from the customer's perspective. Right. Because I, I'm at a point now, I, I, I probably will never buy another Hewlett Packard product. Mm. Um, I don't know if I'll go to Apple um, just because I don't really want to learn a new operating system for a computer. Right. Um, but I, I think I'd go to a different different brand of computer because I, I, the, the experience has been so exquisitely painful and it's taken up so much of my time. Yeah, it's so funny. I mean, when it comes to customer service, we talk about it a lot here. I think so many times, and it sort of sounds like this is a piece, communication, it, it's it's a cliche because it's true, right? Like even yep. if you're you're communicating news that people don't want to hear, if you're consistent and you're you're timely with that communication, I think it, it comes off as if you care, right? Yeah, like, absolutely. Um, and then the other piece, and I think this is uh, a challenge for technology companies, right? Um, that they really do, I'm sure, deal with people who know absolutely nothing about computers. Oh, absolutely. So, so their, their, their um, default position is that you don't and that I don't. And that so they tend to treat people like an idiot even when they're like, no, dude, I have restarted the computer. <laughs> like, right, and, and I, will, I will say they never treated me like an idiot good. Um, except when they kept telling me to do the same thing over and over again. Right. And... You know, here's the thing. I understand that um, 
a computer company has to deal or has to take the view of working with the lowest common denominator, someone right. who doesn't know anything about computers. And I've had to diagnose computer issues for my wife or my father-in-law over the phone, and that's a horrible. It's really hard. Yeah. It's super hard. So yeah. I get it, and I understand they have a script, but um, – you know, when you've kind of shown them, I understand what I'm doing. Yeah, right? Like, it, it feels like there would ought to be a quiz. <laughs> yeah, would you please just take the computer back and yeah. fix it? Because, I, like I said, I wasn't upset with the fact that my computer didn't work. I mean, right. what? There's, I think, about a 7% or 8% failure rate okay. in, in hard drives or something along those lines. I mean, it's, it's not low, but it's not high. So, look, I've had a lot of computers in my life. This is bound to happen, right? right. This At is why point. you back your shit up. Right. But my goodness, it's been painful. Yeah. So again, from a customer service perspective, I think if you, you know, I would like someone at Hewlett Packard to walk through what I went through, and I think they would really look at their customer experience very differently. I, I'm sure they think that everything works really well. It doesn't. And I got a survey uh, a couple days ago, and I spent probably 20 minutes just not necessarily lighting people on fire, just saying, "Hey." your experience is bad. Yeah. And and it makes, like I said, it makes me almost think of maybe I go to Apple just so I can walk into a, an Apple store at a, in a Genius Bar yeah. and I know it would have been taken care of almost immediately. Yeah. It sure. Will. I mean, again, I'm a, I'm a Mac guy, so keep and that I get in that. consideration. Yeah, and, I, and I get that. Look, I'm I, other than other than my PC, I'm an Apple guy too. I mean, right. I, I love my iPhone and all that. So anyway, if, you're, if you haven't taken a hard look at your customer experience in a while, I don't care if you're a supplier or distributor, you really need to walk through that step by step when something goes wrong because something will go wrong. Right. Especially of in our industry, right? right? Go through that. What does that return process look like? How do the customers feel? Do they feel like they've been taken care of or do they feel like they have to argue to get what's get uh, what's done? Yeah, what, so, what needs to be done. So it feels like almost like a you need to run run through your own version of an undercover boss, but make it undercover customer. Right? I, I you, you I think if you don't do that every six or eight months you're really doing your own company a disservice. That's so, that's that's interesting. That's that's my kickoff topic for today, Kirby. Do you have one? Yeah. So you you um, so we talk a lot about content and content marketing. Yep. And we have both of us are Gary Vaynerchuk fans, right? Yes, sir. So uh, this week, uh, a new program, a new piece of content came out called Battle of the Apps. Are you, did you see that? I saw um, the promotions for it, and I did not actually see the Battle of the Apps. I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. So it's interesting I, because it's it's on Apple Music. Right. So Apple Music has created their own programming, which is like this feels like one of those topics that has a bunch of tentacles because it's like, well, that's interesting to me, right? They are creating this, right. and the way you get it is through iTunes, right? You right. go to the iTunes store, and like it's only available there. Right. Which, I mean, this is a highly produced piece. I actually did go through right. and watch it. Um, for those who don't know, Battle of the Apps is like a business show where uh, app producers uh, pitch their app idea to a, uh, ho uh, a panel uh, that includes Gary Vaynerchuk, Jessica Alba, Gwyneth Paltrow, and Will I Am. Um, okay, so three of those people are idiots and have nothing to do with technology well, I, and the Gary only thing, Vaynerchuk. Yeah, well, Gary Vaynerchuk, but I, again, I was actually, so Jessica Alba, if you dig into it, she's actually built a, a pretty no. amazing company with Honest, she, and she was really she has, good. 
She no, she has. I was just I was being yeah. a little cheeky there, yeah. but it's almost like a Shark Tank for apps. Is, yes. is a good distillation of so, what you're talking about. Well, it, that's the first part, but then they actually pick a mentor, and they go through and and um, for the next six weeks, Gary V or Jessica Alba or whoever actually mentors them. Yep. And then at the end, they pitch to a uh, group of VCs. Okay. To try and get funding. So that was that's the concept of the show. Kind of cool. It was really well done, I thought. And honestly, really, I bring it up here just to say, you know, again, Netflix is creating their own content. Uh, yep. Apple Music is doing it. Amazon's doing it. And so, A, I, I guess I just wanted to get your take on the entire concept. Mm-hmm. And then, as you might expect, because you know me pretty well, it's got my wheels turning. So, mm-hmm. so I, I guess I could go on with that. But just... The, the idea of creating specific content, I feel like that's just taking the next step. Well, I, I think it's it's been that way for a couple of years. Right. Uh, you know, it certainly started with uh, Netflix starting to produce their own uh, TV shows, or I shouldn't even say TV shows, their own uh, entertainment uh, programming. Right. I think Apple's a little behind on that. You know, mm-hmm. Apple, uh, and I'm an Apple fan. This is not yep. going to be a podcast all about Apple. But, you know, they seem to have, they're, they're not innovating like they mm-hmm. used to. Right. And you can't keep up the pace. I understand that. So I think the the Battle of the Apps is a very interesting uh, c- concept, certainly. Um, I, I love the idea of entities or media companies and and as Mm -hmm. you and i both believe we are all media companies whether we want to be or not Mm -hmm. if you want to survive if you want to flourish let alone survive you need to be a media company and um so i love the idea of creating content to control the message and deliver high quality edutainment right educational entertainment right so i I, i'm a big fan yeah it's super interesting i would recommend it if you are into if you like shark tank if you like the profit if you like gary v any of those shows you'll i think you'll like planet of the apps but it also, again, it's like, it's what we're doing, right? It's what we're doing with Unscripted. It's what we're doing with Delivering Marketing Joy, your blogs, all that stuff. You are acting as a media company. And so I, I, like, I literally have already talked to my gang around here. I'm like, okay, what's next? What's right. the next piece? And so I'll, uh, I guess I'll, we'll stay tuned. But if you have ideas, that's I'm open interesting. to it. Yeah. No, that's, that's very, very cool. Okay. So um, – that's that's a good topic. So I've won. Okay. And I was just thinking about this. Um, you know, last episode you'd asked, you know, if I felt I was more of an artist mm. or more of an engineer. Yeah, it was a good discussion. And so I've I have a branch off discussion on that. Okay. So when you're talking about yourself, when you are thinking about who you are, Kirby, are you a salesperson or are you a marketer? Um, hmm. Am I a salesperson or am I a marketer? And I suppose suppose you don't want me to answer yes, right? Well, I know you're going to. You're going to straddle that fence. And I think that's okay, but I think think we're all salespeople and we're all marketers on some level. Yeah. Where does your brain gravitate towards? Okay, so... Nobody's 50-50, so you got to be leaning one way or the other. So I would say I am a salesperson. Like that's, I mean, at my core, that's who I am. But I would also say that because I'm a salesperson, if I'm being totally candid, I have branded myself as a marketer. Okay. How about that? Because no, honestly, that. I think that's the best way for me to sell. Does that right. make sense? No, uh, it totally does. Yeah. So I, I mean, I, I certainly, I believe I have uh, the ability to, to have a marketing mind, but I mm-hmm. believe, 
and and in reality, I think, um, uh, you know, all of us are. In, I've I've joked about this before, right? I've said that that in our industry, when you look around, people. Like I, I was at a the expo, and they were like, yep. "Hey, well, you're a marketer, so you could yep. tell us this." And I'm like sitting at PPAI Expo, looking around, going, "Aren't we all ex? You know, supposed to be marketers?" And I realized in that moment mm-hmm. that in reality, we are salespeople who sell marketing products, That's not correct. marketers. But That's uh, so at my core, I'd say I'm a salesperson, but mm-hmm. I have branded myself a marketer. Make sense? Cool. Yeah, no, it does. You? And, um, I, you know, I, I grew up in sales, so yeah. it's what I've always known. And then I'd say over the past five to seven years, I've learned how to be a marketer. Okay. And and I think I do a pretty good job at it. I certainly am more of a, a branding expert and know, know how to build a brand, I think, better than uh, I ever hoped to, to be. Mm-hmm. So I, I think, you know, as as the my career timeline has gone along, you know, it used to be 90% salesperson, 10% marketer. I'd say I'm very close to that 50-50 now okay. where I, I can look at things and understand what a target audience wants and how to deliver it to them. Uh, you know, no one's 100% on that, obviously, but I think I have a pretty good hit rate. So I, I, I agree with you. You know, most salespeople in our industry don't understand the concept of the difference between a salesperson and a marketer. Yeah, I actually think, again, this is a, I really like this discussion, actually, because I think that that's part of what has happened with you and I both as a brand, not to get too narcissistic or egocentric or whatever, but I think when people come to us and ask us stuff, I think it's because we have both made a shift to yep. try to start thinking bigger picture from a marketing perspective. Um, so, yeah, I think that is a shift both of us have made. Uh, no, totally agree. I just thought it was a, an interesting thought I had regarding, yep. okay, what what does that look like? So. Cool. No, that's a good one. Yep. Um, okay. So I have a topic. So yep. both in, in the interest of full disclosure, both you and I are chefs for Promo Kitchen. We are. Uh, so Promo Kitchen, for those who don't know, is a, uh, a nonprofit organization in the promo world, in the promo space, where we're trying to elevate the industry through mentorship and education. Um, and so, you know, we're constantly looking for mentors and people who are interested in being mentors or mm-hmm. being men- mentored, I should say. So right. it got me thinking um, within the industry, um, who have been some good mentors to you? Um, and whether it's a current person, whether it's a, a previous person, if there's mm-hmm. one person, 10 people, whatever, what, you know, have there been any people that have just jumped out and uh, have been a mentor to you? Yeah, there's been a couple people. Um, certainly, I think if we're being honest, there's there's you're constantly being mentored, or if you, you you if you're seeking to grow, you're constantly being mentored. Obviously, right? You know, I you you've been a mentor to me at times. Mm-hmm. Danny Rosen's been a mentor at times. Dana Zezzo, Mark Graham. Um, and then there's the people who don't even know their mentors to you, like a Bobby Lehu, I would say, right. has been a mentor from time to time. Um, and he doesn't even realize it. But when I really think of who's helped me grow the most in terms of, of my career, it would be uh, two people. So number one would be when I first, uh, my first job in the industry um, was at Halo. Mm-hmm. And uh, I joined Halo about nine months before the Chapter 11 bankruptcy in 2011. So I joined in 2000, a year 2000. And uh, Mark Simon, um, mm-hmm. I worked very closely with Mark Simon during the bankruptcy uh, process and then the eventual um, 
getting out of that bankruptcy, the, the eventual uh, sale of the company to HIG, uh, capital, you know, venture capital group and, and through all that. And, you know, I learned a lot from him in terms of how to deal with adversity. Hmm. Um, you know, it's hard to imagine dealing with a company in Chapter 11 bankruptcy, and I'm not going to get into all the details, but I mean, there's a lot of money owed. The company was stretched way beyond its limits, and the approach Mark took when you, especially when you look back at it, right? Uh, you talk about the right person being at the right place at the right time. Mm. There, there's nobody even remotely uh, who who could have done the job Mark did, and so I learned a lot from him how to really deal with adversity, and I think that's an important lesson for all of us because there is adversity in life, right? right? We, we've we've all been been there before. I'd say the second person who really has helped me from a mentorship standpoint uh, is Mark Graham, mm-hmm. and I mentioned him a second ago. But yeah. when I decided, you know, I was I was at a point. Uh, where I was a little bit of a rudderless ship about four years ago and really wasn't sure what my place was in the industry, wasn't sure what I wanted to do. I had found myself out of a job because the company I had been working with uh, aligned their promotional or aligned their office products business with Staples. And part of that deal was they couldn't have a promotional products division. So I found myself out of a job. And when I wanted to start Brandivate, uh, I, I you know did a business plan. I wasn't looking for any investors, but I had to do a business plan, right? I had Mm -hmm. to figure out what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, and how I was going to accomplish it. And I had mentioned it to a couple people, and they were like, that sounds great, that sounds great. And Mark took the time to really read through that business plan, dissect it, and ask me some really challenging questions. Uh, Not to talk me out of it, but to challenge me. Right. And to make sure, hey, you need to know what you're getting into. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, if you're going to commit to this, I'm going to commit to it with you, and I'm going to be on your ass. Mm, yeah. And and he was. And so I'll, I'll never be able to repay mark but what i have tried to do is pay it forward so so i i've you know served in the mentor program for promo kitchen for three four years now mm-hmm. and i think i've mentored at this point like 10 or eight, 10 or 12 people and and i get so much out of helping others and so that those are the two that come to mind so in the industry so that'd be mark simon and um and uh, Dean Rosen, and I'll, I'll also throw in Paul Bellantone real quick because I'd say over the past couple of years, Paul has really taken time to chat with me about what I was doing with Brand of Eight and moving to Promo Corner. So I, I have to give Paul Bellantone a, a shout out too, and he probably didn't even know that, but he's he's definitely been there to uh, lend an ear when I've needed it. No, that's so. that's really cool, and I appreciate your uh, kind of your vulnerability there and your candor. It's really good stuff, man. That's really good. So yeah, and. <clears throat> so, uh, what about you? Uh, okay. So it's funny as I asked you the question, I realized I hadn't <laughs> like scripted it for myself. Uh, so I, I started sketching down a couple of names. Uh, Mark yep. Graham certainly does come to mind there as well. Yep. Mark's just been a connector for me. Like there mm-hmm. was a, there was a, and not to make this whole thing about Mark, but it was there was a point in time where I had left, you know, a large distributor with Halo and and and. Right. And I was like, am I the only one who feels this way? And all of a sudden, I started connecting through Common Skew and some of those folks, and that was really good. But actually, one of the ones that pops into my head is actually uh, Rick Green. Yep. Uh, so Rick is such a great guy. Yeah, Rick uh, was actually one of the – he was a like a person who reminded me how we can do what we do 
and be super creative. Mm -hmm. Like he opened, like as opposed to being a salesperson, Rick helped me become more of a creative marketer. Uh, So that was a good one. Uh, Dana Zezzo. Uh, yep. was one that, and, and Dana was more of just, hey, this is how the industry works, right? He was right. he was really good about saying, yeah, the, your suppliers don't want to hear that. Stop talking about that, right? You know, like, and that right. was helpful. And then really uh, Rod Hossman, my dad, and uh-huh. and because uh, he was early, right? And then right. Uh, actually my wife, um, Amy, oh, cool. Amy was in the industry before I was. Uh, and right. so when I got in, it was like, guess who I went to about every question. Sure. <laughs> so those are, those are the ones that kind of pop out to me. And, and I would be remiss because you know we went down a little bit of a rabbit hole with me starting Brandovate, which was a big deal for me. Yeah. Um, I'd be really remiss. You mentioned two people who who were definitely uh, big supporters of me early on with that, and that would be Rick Green, who I worked at with Halo for a number of years. Mm-hmm. He's a regional vice president on the West Coast and, and is a fabulously creative mind. Yeah. And one of the, one of the most empathetic people I know. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was always a big supporter. And then uh, Dana Zezzo. I've known Dana almost uh, 16 years now. Mm-hmm. And, and like you, he's not just a friend in the industry. He's a friend. And like Rick, too. Um, and so Dana was always you know, very supportive. And what can I do to help you? And you're doing great and all that. So you know, it's one of those things. We could have a four-hour-long right. podcast right. about you know, the people who have helped us. And, and maybe someday we should do that. Uh, but unfortunately, we are up against our time. Yes, and it sir. really flew, Today it flew by. I it mean, did. normally when I talk to you, it's like <laughs> it, it feels like about a six-hour-long podcast. But today we actually, wow, it was quick. <laughs> well, you did most of the talking, so, yeah, that's probably why. Well, there you go. Well, uh, and again, we'd be remiss if we didn't thank our brand-new sponsor and Bam Bams. Uh, give them a shot. If you haven't looked at Bam Bams product categories in a while and their offerings, give them a try. They really do such a great job in terms of, uh, rush production of apparel and apparel accessories and custom sourcing. Go ahead and visit them at bambams.com slash make it happen fast. You won't be sorry you did. Ben Taylor and his team over there do such a fabulous job. And uh, I can't say enough about uh, how excited I am that they're sponsoring our little podcast. For sure. For sure. Excellent. Well, Kirby, as always, thanks for the time. Really appreciate it. And we will talk to you next time. See you out. Thank you for listening to Unscripted with Kirby Hossaman and Bill Petrie. Unscripted is available every Friday at promocorner.com, the leader in digital marketing for the promotional products industry.